We had the opportunity to uh, have Bruce Holmes speak on a Wednesday night, and he spoke about praying for other people. And um, I want you just to think about this. We don't get the opportunity to spend a ton of time here on a Sunday morning together um, talking and all of those things. But we have throughout the week time to get together, and not only that, but to pray for one another. There are some people in our church that go through very difficult times, and uh, some of you may or may not know that. Um, but would you just pray for one another and spend some time, and maybe uh, Mr. Holmes uh, used the idea of getting a church directory, which we probably don't have anymore, but uh, getting something that you can find uh, to begin praying for people in our church and getting to know them a little bit. Um, as I said, there's some people going through some really difficult times, and they could really use some prayer. So continue to do that, all right? Take your Bibles with me. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 34. Deuteronomy chapter 34. The last chapter of Deuteronomy. Last week I got to preach an exciting message on God and who God is and how wonderful he is. And those are always fun messages to preach and um, kind of hard messages to preach uh, because how do you describe God? This week is not that fun. I'm preparing you early. Let me ask you a question though. Do you ever just get sick of fighting? You ever get sick of fighting the battle every day? Um, the, 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 do you ever just want to break from maybe doing your own thing? Do you ever just want to live life like you want to live it, while you want to live it? Do you ever just want to relax and just give in to what your flesh wants to do? Do you ever just want to binge watch something on TV that you know you shouldn't watch? Do you ever just want to get frustrated, throw in the towel, maybe even throw a fit? You ever been there? You ever want to tell everybody how you feel about them? No, I'm not going to do that. The reality is we've all probably felt this at one time or another. Man, I'm just sick of the fight. I'm just frustrated. I'm just, oh, that person just rubs me the wrong way. Or I mean, there's, there's a myriad of different feelings when you just kind of get sick of doing the right thing. You just want to unleash on that coworker who has been driving you nuts, or you want to unleash on the person that just cut you off on the highway. Sometimes it's just easier to do what we want to do instead of what God wants to do. Let's all be honest here, okay? You're all, you're all being self-righteously judgmental to me right now. You can see it on your face. What pastor would ever think such a thing that it just you want to take a break for a minute? You guys are the same way. Well, all that way. But I want you to think about this with me this morning. Sin is one of the easiest yet most destructive things we can do. Sin is one of the easiest yet most destructive things we can do. Let's describe what sin is. Sin is very basically breaking the commandments of God. Breaking the commandments of God. So the question is, well, why is sin so easy then? Why is sin so easy? Well, here's the answer is because it become, it's, it's natural to us. It, it's natural. It's, 
uh, were born with it. In fact, Adam and Eve were the first people to sin. It was not natural for them to sin. They were deceived. The Bible very clearly uh, 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 talks about that. Eve was deceived. Adam made a full-out decision because he loved Eve and wanted to be with her. He wanted to sin against God because of that. They broke the command of God by disobeying, eating of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But understand this, because they chose to sin, sin is now naturally passed to all men. From the moment we're born, we're sinners. We are selfish, we are proud, we want what we want and when we want it. And the crying ensues. And so it passes on through all men. Sin is one of the easiest yet most destructive things we can do. Job chapter 14 and verse 1, the Bible says, Man that is born of woman is of few days and full of trouble. Few days and full of trouble. So understand, sin just comes naturally, so it's easy. The doing the right thing, doing what God wants us to do, doesn't always come as naturally. That takes work, and sometimes we get a little frustrated by that, and we just want to do what's natural and easy. There are times we want to let loose, and sometimes we just think it's okay. Sometimes we think it's okay to live our lives how we want to live them. I want to take you to Deuteronomy chapter 34. I want you to understand what's going on. Shouldn't be very difficult to see, but Moses is coming to the end of his life. This is the final hour. The Bible says, And Moses went up from the plains of Moab unto the mountain of Nebo, to the top of Pisgah, that is over against Jericho. And the Lord showed, unto, showed him all the land of Gilead unto Dan. And all Naphtali and the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, and all the land of Judah under the utmost sea, and the south and the plain of the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees unto Zoar. The Lord said unto him, This is the land which I swear unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, saying, I will give it unto thy seed. I have caused thee to see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not go over thither. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he, being God, buried him in a valley in the land of Moab, over against Beth Peor. But no man knoweth of his sepulcher unto this day. And Moses was an hundred and twenty years old when he died. His eye, his eye was not dim, nor his natural force abated. And the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. So the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. And Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom. Why? For Moses had laid his hands upon him. And the children of Israel hearkened unto him and did as the Lord commanded Moses. And there arose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses. Whom the Lord knew face to face. And all the signs and the wonders which the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt. To Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land. And in all that mighty hand and in all that great terror which Moses showed in the sight of all Israel. I'd like to preach to you a message that I've entitled, Sin's Eventual Consequence. Sin's Eventual Consequence. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity 
Thank you so much for loving us, even though that while we were yet sinners, Father, thank you for dying for us. Thank you that you abide with us, that you would spend time with us, and that you would uh, uh, allow us to do things that are greater and mightier than the things that you have done on this earth. Thank you for the opportunity to conquer through Christ. Father, I pray that you would help us realize the significance of sin this morning. Help us to put away that thing which separates us from you. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you realize that every sin you commit, every sin you commit has consequences. If it's a, as we learned this morning in our Connect classes, if it's a sinful thought, it has consequences. We talked a little bit this morning and the thought I had never actually thought of before was the fact that if a man thinks about a woman, he has committed adultery already in his heart. And what is the cause for divorcement? Fornication. So the Bible basically is saying this. If you have thought about a woman, that's cause for divorce. The, the, the reality is sin has consequences. Sin has things that, that, that we don't even realize how far down the road that they will go. There's an old saying, sin will always keep you longer than you want to stay. And listen, it will, it will. It will do far more than you ever can imagine. Understand, Moses was instructed of God in Numbers chapter 20. Moses, I want you to speak to this rock. And out of this rock I will flow water. And the children of Israel will be able to have water to drink. Moses was frustrated. Moses was angry, and you know what Moses did? He did not obey the command of God. He broke the command of God, and he let loose. And he hit the rock twice. Still out of the rock came water. But unfortunately, that's the sin Moses is now paying for. Now, I tried to look it up. I tried to study it out and figure out how many years apart we are. I really don't know. The Bible doesn't say, it doesn't give us much time. All I know is that it is years, multiple. It's years from the time Moses struck the rock to this moment in time. Listen, sin doesn't always produce immediate consequences. But it will produce consequences. It's easy as children. When I remember being a kid and I'd do something wrong, the longest I had to wait was till my dad got home. Which was terrible. But now, as, a, as an adult, I often don't see the immediate consequences of my decisions. Sometimes they're years down the road. Sometimes they're the next day. Sometimes, uh, I mean, I may not have even seen some of them yet. You see, God will give you consequences. Let's look at this passage. Let's draw some application from it on sin's eventual consequence. Number one, I want you to know this, you have an appointment. You will have an appointment. Look at verse five with me. The Bible says this, so Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, watch this, according to the word of the Lord. I hope you realize that God has already told Moses, Moses, someday I'm going to take you up into the mountain and you're going to die there. Moses set up an appointment with God, and Moses didn't necessarily want that appointment. Understand that Moses had done something wrong, and he had 
set a, God had set a time and a place that Moses would meet him and there die. Likewise, every person that sits in front of me and every person that does not sit in front of me has an appointment with God. There will come a day when this man will die. There will come a day when I will die. Why? Because I have sinned. Because of sin, I deserve to die. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, you will have an appointment. You don't know when it is. You don't know where it will be. You don't know how it will be. But understand, you will have an appointment because of sin. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, the Bible says this, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Every single person is appointed once to die. We all have it. Why? Again, because of sin. Sin. The Bible says in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, for the wages of sin is death. We all know that. We all can quote that verse. We all can say that. And we all hopefully understand that the wages of sin is death. God said to Adam and Eve, the day that thou eatest, thou shalt surely die. Sin equals death. Because of sin, every one of us has a moment in which we will leave this earth. Every one of us. It doesn't excite me that much. Doesn't excite me as a person who has a family. Doesn't excite me as a person that could miss out on many things. And you see the Bible says in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, all have sinned. So just in case you think you're exempt, all have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. Everyone has an appointment with God. For Moses here, this was a good appointment in a way. It was a way that he was going to actually be with God again face to face. And we see that here in our passage, that Moses was someone that talked to God face to face. See, as a Christian, as a saved person, I know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Death does not have a sting anymore because someday I'm going to meet Christ. Someday I'm going to know and see Jesus Christ and I'm going to be able to put my fingers and see the nail prints in his hands. I'm going to fall down and adore. I get that opportunity that the wise men got. I get that opportunity that the shepherds got. I get that opportunity. Someday that's going to happen. I don't know where you're at. I don't know if you know that. But someday you're going to have an appointment with God and God will either say, enter thou into my kingdom or he will say, depart from me for I never knew you. Someday your appointment's going to happen. You can either live with God in heaven or you can live away from God in hell. The appointment's going to happen no matter what. Jesus said, I am the way. The truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So if you want to have a good appointment with Christ, if you want to have a good appointment with God, then you will accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. He died on the cross for you. All the sin of the entire world was placed upon him, yours included. And he died 
so that you can have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You can say, I don't believe that. You can deny it. You can deny that there is a God. Listen, I don't have to believe something to make it true. But this is the truth. You will have an appointment because of sin. But the second thing I want you to see, which may be a little bit more relevant to you this morning, is you will see but not receive. Look at verse 1 again of this passage. And Moses went up from the plains of Moab unto the mountain of Nebo, to the top of Pisgah that is over against Jericho. The Lord showed him all the land of Gilead unto Dan and Naphtali and the land of Ephraim and Manasseh and all the land of Judah unto the utmost sea and the south and the plain of the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees unto Zoar. And the Lord said unto him, This is the land which I swear unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, saying, I will give it unto thy seed. Watch this now. I have caused thee to see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not go over thither. Moses got to see the entire land that God had promised to the children of Israel. He could probably see where the grapes grew. He could probably see the abundance of grass. He could probably see the wonder that God was going to give them. In fact, if Moses was anything like you and I, we could probably envision what the children of Israel would have been doing there in the promised land. He probably could have envisioned the battles. He probably could have envisioned Caleb saying, hey, I want that mountain. Probably could have envisioned how his families that he grew up with, how his great-grandchildren, how all of these things, how they would live in the land. He got to see it. But he'd never be able to partake in it. He'd never be able to do what God had originally told him to do. Personally, I think there is nothing worse than seeing but not receiving. There's nothing worse than seeing but not receiving. Have you ever just stared at a warm chocolate chip cookie? Just stared at it. Man, that looks good. Smells good. You go to take it. And your mother or your wife slaps your hand. You can't have that. That's for company. Ugh. The worst ever. As I open the fridge, this, this was at my parents' house. I open the fridge. There's a cheesecake in the refrigerator. I don't think my mother was home at this particular moment in time. I take the cheesecake out. And I'm like, why would my mom just leave a cheesecake in the fridge? She never does that. I better put that back. And I put it back and I asked her later. That, and that was for somebody I think that we were making a meal for, for like we do with some of the ladies that have babies and things like that. I would have been in so much trouble. <laughs> but there's this thing with seeing and not receiving. I, I, I hate it. But you understand this, that when you sin, God will withhold things from you. 
when you sin, God will keep blessings away from you. God wants to pour blessings upon you. God wants to give you everything that, I mean, he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He wants to pour into you. He wants to open the windows of heaven and just say, here you go, my good and faithful servant. But when we sin, we, God has to withhold some of those things from us. And it, it's interesting to me that eventually, I believe we will see what God withheld from us. Oftentimes, people get to the end of their lives. They look back. And they are filled with joy. Some wonderful things that have happened. And there's also regret there. There's joy because of things done well. There's regret because of things done wrong. Someday, we will get to the end of our lives. We will look back and we will realize that we have missed out on some things from God because of our sin. This is really hard to get into specifics. This is really hard to say, if you sin, this is what's going to happen. If you sin, your children are going to this. I mean, we don't know. It's very hard to get into specifics, but let me give you a personal example of mine. My grandfather was married before he married my grandmother and had, I believe, three children. Now, I don't know the circumstances around. I don't know anything other than this. My grandpa, the older he got, the more that broke his heart. The more he thought about the three children that never wanted anything to do with him. The three children that wouldn't call him on his birthday. Wouldn't call him on Father's Day. That really had nothing to do with him. Listen, I don't know all of these things, but he was never a part of their lives anymore. Because of sin. So he got to see but never take part in. God will show you things that you missed out on because of sin. Eventually Moses was in this position. Just mark it down. We will get to the ends of our lives and we will see things that we could have had had we not chosen to sin. It's going to happen. You probably can look back already and see some things. You can probably go, oh, yeah, had I just done the right thing there, I wouldn't be in this position. Had I made this wise decision, had I consulted someone, had I spent time in prayer about that decision, instead of going off and doing my own thing, I wouldn't have this problem. There's going to be times when you will see God's blessings, but you won't be able to receive them because of sin. Moses got to see the entire land of the promised land, excuse me, but yet couldn't partake of it because of one sin. Listen, sin is no joking matter. You can sin all you want. You can play all your games and do all the things that you want to do and, and play games with God. But you're going to get to the end of your life and go, man, look at what I wasted. Look at what I gave up, which brings me to the next point, number three, and finally, you will be robbed. Whoa, wait a second. Pastor Jones, you mean if I sin, somebody's going to come take my wallet? No, that's not what I mean. Let's look at the verse. Look at verse 8. The Bible says, And the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. Um, excuse me. Verse 7. 
I apologize. The Bible says that Moses was 120 years old when he died. This is what I want you to see. His eye was not dim, nor his natural force abated. If you jump down to verse 10, and there arose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. And it starts to list and say all the things that Moses has done. Listen, Moses had wonderful potential. Moses did some amazing things. But you know this. You understand this, right? He was not an old, feeble man. Oh, Pastor Jones, he was 120 years old, though. I get that. But read what it says. His eye was not dim and his natural force not abated. Interesting to know that he climbed to the top of the mountain and could see the entire land. How many of you could climb to the top of the mountain and see the entire land? Hello, I have these on. I don't think they had spectacles back then. His eye was not dim. And you know what? I believe he was like Caleb, who said, I am as strong this day as I was 40 years ago. He got robbed. Of what God fully wanted to do with him. God wanted Moses to lead that entire group of people into that land. And wipe them all out and claim the promised land that God had. But he got robbed. His life was cut short. His life was something that, that, that was amazing and nobody else could compare to it. But that's not what God had fully intended for his life. It's so much more to give. Sin will rob you of something. Sin will rob you of your health, perhaps. Perhaps sin will rob you of your potential. Sin will rob you of your spouse. Sin will rob you of your children. Sin will rob you of other relationships. Sin will continue to take and take and take and take and take. You will be robbed. I've said this before and I will continue to say it. God has a specific purpose for every person that sits in this room. Very specific. World changing specific. I believe that with my entire heart. God can change the world in some way, shape, or form with you as his servant. But we will never realize that potential if we just keep sinning. We will never realize the potential if we just keep breaking God's commandments. We will never fully realize what God can do with a person until they're fully surrendered and say, it's not about me, it's all about you. Now Moses was, I mean, amazing. Moses was a wonderful leader. And he constantly stood in the gap between God and and the children of Israel and said, God, don't destroy them. And he got after the children of Israel saying, God's not pleased with you. And he was this wonderful, amazing, talk to God, face-to-face man. Yet, his life was cut short because of sin. And every single day, you and I choose to sin. We just get sick of the fight. We just get frustrated with people. We just say, ah, it's just so hard to live for God. It's just so hard to do the right thing. It's just so hard. Understand, you will be robbed. I know people that have been called to preach. 
got involved in sin, no longer living their life for God. I believe that they had the potential to help millions, millions of people come to know Christ. They had the potential to help millions of people follow their Savior, yet they were robbed. You might say, what am I? God has a purpose for your life. I don't know what that is. God can do something with you if you will just say, here's my life. Take and use it. And I want to live it as pure as I possibly can. Sin will rob you. Now, I hate to give you a message like this and just leave you with nothing. With just a blah feeling. So let me give you some good news. There is a solution. There is a solution. Galatians chapter 5. So 16 and 17. Galatians 5, 16 and 17. The Bible says this. This I say then. Walk in the Spirit. And ye shall not. Fulfill the lust of the flesh. For, watch this, the flesh lusteth against the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary one to the other. Watch this right here. So that ye cannot do the things that you would. Sin will rob you. But understand, here's the solution. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I've already told this story a couple times. But this week, I spent some time with a bunch of unsaved guys. And we spent time talking, and we got talking about rules and different things, and we got to, ended up on the Ten Commandments. And I said... And they said, it's really hard to, you know, live those. There's, there's really no possible way that you could do that. And I said, no, listen, it's okay. You don't have to live those. God just knocked it down to two. There's only two commandments that you have to live by. And then, you know, there's nothing else, just those two. One of the guys said, so if my wife gives me a new rule, I can just say, no, no, there's only two, babe. And I'm like, oh, absolutely, absolutely, you can do that. And I will give you the verses to back that up. So we're joking around a little bit, and they said, well, what are they? And I said, very simple, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And to love your neighbor as yourself. And they said, I'm out. I hate my neighbor, he says. Unsaved guys. But I, get this with me, will you? When you love God with every part of your being, what's the last thing you want to do? Break his law. Break his heart. What's the last thing you want to do? The last thing you want to do is commit adultery on him. Spiritual adultery. You see, there's such an importance in walking in the Spirit, loving the Lord your God, knowing who He is, 
being with him, abiding with him, as the song said this morning. Walking with God, hand in hand. Matthew chapter 11. Enter into my yoke. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Let me, let me walk with you. Let me carry that burden for you. Let's, and he says, and learn of me. Let's just talk. Learn more about me. The more you learn, the more you'll stay away from those things. You can sin if you want. You can do what you want to if you want. But I want you to realize today that there will always, always, always be eventual consequences for it. If you are involved in sin right now, you know exactly what it is. Then would you please consider giving that up? Would you please consider giving that up to fulfill what God has planned for your life? It will blow your mind. You will, you will never know what God can do until you've given that up. And there are going to come times in your life when you are just going to want to throw in the towel. You just want to yell at that person. You're just going to want to watch something that you shouldn't watch. You're just going to want to uh, uh, do something that you shouldn't do. All of these things you're just going to want to give up just for a brief second. Keep in the back of your mind. There's consequences. Everything I do leads me back to those consequences. And I want to be as pure and as right in a vessel that God can put on his shelf. And I want to be meat for his use. Would you just think about that? with me this week.